Hello, and welcome to episode 67 of Golden Shower of Hits. Today on the podcast, Jamie and Mike will discuss Abbey Road, the 11th studio album by The Beatles, released in 1969. I was appalled by how the guys talked about the fucking White Album, so they better not fuck with this one. This is my favorite Beatles album, and it is a fucking masterpiece. Period. Any disparagement of any song in this album will result in heated text threads between us. Jamie and Mike, you've been warned. Oh, darling, please believe me. Hello, sir how you doing buddy good man how you doing have some tech issues a uh, little bit um it's been busy overall and so stuff i normally do <laughs> got uh pushed late and then this record needed a lot of work so <laughs> it didn't get done what i normally get done in the timely fashion so you're telling no about the flood buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah right you've been busy with your pre-release right for your record solo record number that's two record the, that's just the the stuff on top right right <laughs> is christine mm. still out of town or is she back yet no 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 uh christine got back um when did she get back she got back uh uh for did she get back friday mm-hmm. she was back for a couple days and then left again for a couple days and then she just got back ah. last night nice uh my uncle frank was in town all week that was great uh yes he did not end up moving in i take it no no he left <laughs> at like four in the morning this morning to catch a 6 a.m flight oh uh. it was a rough beginning he he landed and had a car reserved but mm-hmm. he you know he used like a one of those online booking agents you know like right. Priceline or something like yeah, that. yeah they fucking booked him <laughs> they booked him a car at the other end and but it was the place was closed when he landed so they just like they didn't have their shit together oh you're kidding no so i drove up and picked him up and then he woke up in the morning and his tire was flat (laughs) no on the rental man so he had to take it but yeah it was so shitty he had to take it back yeah so uh, other than that his visit was great he's a really funny guy yeah um yeah and uh it was really nice having him here it was a busy week at work yeah a lot of coffee 1200 gallons got done oh my god um brewed and canned very nice and uh i continue to chisel away 
at getting everything done for the book. <laughs> I, you know what? Humble brag. Let's hear it. Uh, I designed and ordered custom mailers for the book, oh and God. I got so ex. Yeah, they got. They've got words and. The album cover is printed on the box. And, wow. And um, I was so excited about that, that <laughs> I did it for the thank you boxes that I send out to people who are on Couchriff's videos Yeah. also. Nice. So I ordered a bunch of those too. And I wrestled with it for, for a minute. But when I looked at how much just plain shitty boxes were that they would fucking flop around in... Because mm-hmm. these are like sized for the record book. It's, you know, it's fucking perfect. And it's yeah. killer. I mean, it's, that's what it's really about, right? It's yeah. really about, is it killer or is it dumb? And, uh, or is it just whatever is cheapest? And right. that should, you know, that should never be the thing. So yeah. anyway, the boxes cost a little less than twice as much as regular ones. Yeah. But they look way more than twice as cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about being proud of your output, you know? (laughs) It's never about profit, so. That's what you keep telling me. But I'm hoping to to just to hit both. Right. Really, really hoping to hit both at some point in my life. To be fair, I, you know, I have a regular job where I don't need to worry about making profit from my extracurriculars, you know what I mean? So. Right. (laughs) I can say that. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I can be like, ah, oh, five people showed up to the show. That's fine. You know, whereas a lot of people right. can't. So I get that. Maybe don't follow my advice. Actually, you know, for you and everyone out there, don't ever follow my advice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always, I'm always wrong. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was fun. That was really fun. That's cool. Hey, uh, yeah. a real-time follow-up from, uh, we talked about this last week, um, you were mentioning your uncle Frank and I was saying how much I like that song and I couldn't think of the band, the band. Uh, so there's a song by a band called team Dresh. They're a queer core, uh, punk band from Olympia. And they put out a record called captain, my captain in 1996. And they have a song called uncle Frank. You can find it on Spotify and it's fucking awesome. So All right, I just want to make out. sure I drop that into the episode. So T- team Dresh. I noticed Frank. that it was spelled P H R A N C. Right, that's is why I couldn't find not, it during the show last week. I was like, it's spelled funny. <laughs> so is there is there not an artist uh, named Frank P H R A N C? Oh, I don't know. Who I think is like a um, queer pol- folk punk okay. artist. Maybe. I think I might be making this up. I don't know, but it seems right in in my head and in my heart also. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's what the that song's in reference to then i wonder so yeah if you listen if you if you listen to the song it's about getting advice from like an older gay female about how well, to well i like, wonder survive. if that's so, it yeah you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna get onto the googler right now <laughs> watch this p-h-r-a-n-c i feel what really yeah look at that frank is an american singer songwriter whose career began playing in several bands in the late 70s Los Angeles uh, punk rock scene. Her musical style later shifted during the 80s as a solo artist into self-proclaimed all-American Jewish lesbian folk singer. Whoa. Yeah, so I think 
I think that, I think probably safe to say, given the spelling, right. that's what this is about. That's cool. Yeah. So it's spelled uh, U-N-C-L-E and then Frank is P-H-R-A-N-C. So yeah, maybe look into, I'm going to look into her recordings after the show. Why not? Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see what else. I swear I had some follow up. I have a ton. <laughs> oh, my buddy Patrick, who's local to here, he, he, he loves this podcast. Oh, nice. he lists, I think it's the only podcast he listens to. Whoa. That's awesome. And, uh, hopefully he doesn't picked... find another podcast and then realize how bad the podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He needs, he needs to not get out more. Right. Um, right. <laughs> uh, we picked four of his records. Whoa, that's awesome. We picked four of them. It's pretty he's, awesome. he's getting up there in Rudy territory. Right? And, yeah. Oh, and I got some, I got a, I, you know, I saw that you got a thing from Rudy. Rudy sent me some snail mail. <laughs> he sent Rudy's us some fucking, too. <laughs> he's a sweet man. Uh, my, my mail, my mail wasn't as sweet. What is, what is your mail? <laughs> what, is, what, oh, what is the contents I mean, of your mail? I mean, I think that he's writing us letters to pit us against each other because he was like, you can't trust Jamie. He's going to kill you. He's out to kill you. If you are in Portland, don't tell him where you're staying. <laughs> Under no circumstances should you... No, he didn't say any of that. Uh, that's I'm great. making that up. Okay. He said a lot of really just nice things. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> so Rudy sent a snail mail, not to me, but to Jennifer... I will <laughs> at Ink Brigade. I'll read and you. And it said the, all uh, the things that I it said all the things I just said. I'll read you the the mail if you want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Dear Jen, I have decided to direct all communication to Jamie through you since his unkind words about El thirty fours. El thirty fours are guitar tubes, and we went back and forth about this in Instagram comments the other day. Uh, he says, if you happen to see him around. Can you let J Dog know that aside from his pederastic preference for 6550s, I view him as a stand up guy in a class act. He has brought plenty of joy and motivation uh, to find my own identity again. I just feel badly for you because he's likely not well endowed or an attentive and skillful lover. Thank you for taking pity on him and serving as his better half. Your sacrifice has paid big, dividend, big dividends. In an otherwise troubled world, troubled world. Wow! Rudy. So, <laughs> pretty funny. Wow. As always for Rudy. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> uh, let's see other feedback. Um, I'm just gonna try to fire through this shit because I got I got a bunch of it. All right. Uh, oh, uh, last week I talked about uh, the Nazis uh, testing fluoride on the Jewish people in concentration camps to try to make them docile. Apparently that was incorrect. Uh, that's just a, Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know where that came from, but it's a myth. Uh, but I was correct about the na did Nazis. Did someone fucking school you? Or did you No, I, I looked it up because I was like, I need to be sure. If I'm saying this shit on the podcast, I need to make sure it's <laughs> legit. I think it's, it's safe to say that anything you say about the Nazis, no one is going to be like, yo, whoa, 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 <laughs> right. bro. They weren't that true. bad. Yeah, like, yeah, Stop no, no. spreading misinformation. <laughs> I right. think you can say any awful thing you want about them. Well, so to kind of dovetail off that statement, I was correct about the Nazis and their research on hypothermia. So, uh, basically, what was that? So basically, they would, you know, put people out in the cold and then check on them 
and see how long it took for them to get frostbite or to die. And they would, you know, like log all their findings. And at some point, and and this came from a reputable source, the LA Times, there's a story about it and I'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, somebody later in later decades came across the research and was on the fence as to whether or not to use that research, uh, you know, to make suggestions as to how to like keep from getting hypothermia because of how they got that data. You know what I mean? So, uh, but eventually they decided, you know what, it's in the past, like, and this could benefit people in the future. So, uh, so yeah. So a lot of what we know about hypothermia and, you know, stopping it from happening came from horrible experiments that the Nazis did in concentration camps. So that's pretty fucking heavy, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, last week we talked about a and four forty a bunch. Uh, I realized that for our non-musician listeners, they might not know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, a is a music is a, one of the musical notes. And, um, when we talked about four forty, that's the frequency at which the note, uh, like resonates at. So you can think of it as being, um, like when we talked about four twenty four being a lower pitch, and then four forty three being a higher pitch. So uh, four forty is so, where we've standardized, apparently. So to talk about that in terms of um, guitar and rock music for people mm-hmm. who are listening who are not musicians, um, there are a number of bands that tune their guitars down a half step and so the note that would normally be an a on a guitar the second to the largest string now is actually an a flat Mm -hmm. um that's one thing but there but there are many variations on that right um that's like that's probably one of the most common yeah 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 Yeah. and when you step down and the reason people do that is it makes it so as you get older uh, men typically can't sing as high as they used to in their younger years. And so a lot of bands, as they get older, will tune down a half step, which makes it easier to sing those notes because they're not as high. So it, me the guitar, everything <laughs> sounds cooler too. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of heavy. Maybe not. You know? uh, I, let me rephrase. Let me take a step back. Not everything sounds cooler, but right, right. often the guitars will sound a bit thicker. Right, yeah. And that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I think it's particularly effective if you're a one guitar band. Yeah, I can see um, that. Although, most of the bands that do it are two guitar bands. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I've heard it referred to as the Hendrix tuning. So, I don't know if maybe Hendrix was one of the first people to do it, but he was a one guitar band, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weren't we talking about that like was this like ah, give me an a or whatever just right yeah, yeah i think that i think ACDC. that was probably his style right. he was always fucking with his tuners yeah yeah you know because that guy loved his uh wiggle stick right <laughs> i love that wiggle stick yeah dude the uh tremolo um let's see what else oh uh we talked about bras being thrown on stage last week and then I, I was in the shower the other day. Did and you I do w- some research on that? No, but I was in the shower the other day and I was wondering if any female bands have ever had boxers thrown on stage. Oh, I doubt it. No. <laughs> I mean, actually. It's not the I same thing. It, <laughs> uh, actually, I bet that they have, unfortunately. And I bet it's awful. Uh, 
I mean, people are so gross, men and women. Yeah. Everyone's so fucking gross. Well, I have uh, I have tickets to Bikini Kill, so maybe I'll throw some uh, boxers on stage and we'll see how that goes over. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's a great idea, Jamie. <laughs> see, how, see how badly I can get beaten up at a Bikini Kill show. Yeah, that'll be great. No, yeah, let's see how long you last. Right, yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, um, we talked about Paul getting COVID. Paul Stanley from Kiss. Oh yeah. Um, apparently was it Gene, because he was unmasked? <laughs> exactly. Uh, apparently Gene got it as well, and they're both fine. Uh, but the other day, Paul's guitar tech of twenty years died from COVID. So no. Yeah. Really? Fran- Francis Stuber. Yeah, he's been his guitar tech since the early twenties. And if you watch, uh, since Premier when? Gu- uh, I'm sorry, since the early 2000s. Um, okay. Yeah, the early 20s. Uh, yeah, if you watch the premiere guitar um, YouTube video where they take a look at all of Kiss's instruments and amps and stuff like that, uh, Francis is the guy showing off Paul's stuff and seemed like a super nice dude, like, you know, looked healthy and in shape and, you know, was I probably s- in I his saw... early 50s and uh, he was double vaxxed apparently too, so... I saw a bunch of tributes from people that I knew online who had associations with Kiss, and I, I didn't know what it was. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. That's gnarly. Of yeah. course, I only saw the headline, and it was in association with Gene's art, recent art show. Wait, what? Gene had an art show? That's right. Gene had an art show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Is he jealous of Paul being a good painter and so he's decided to try to paint or what? I think so. I think so. So what happened is during lockdown, he went to Whistler, I think is what it said, in Canada, and just painted. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to look that up. Jesus. um, Is it just paintings of himself? (laughs) (laughs) It's just pe- <laughs> it's just paintings of his seven-inch leather heels. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, um, there was a bunch of different kinds of things, but, I, you know, of course, I only saw what they showed in the thing. But right. it talked about him having COVID, and he was like, I didn't feel a thing. God. <laughs> That's all I read, and I was just like, yeah. ah, I, I'm not going to clickbait this. Yeah. I've, you know. But also, I don't want to know. I just, I don't want to... I don't want to know his opinion. I don't want to know about his experience. I don't want to know about his feelings. I yeah. don't I don't care. You know, it's, it's like, you know, Guffy's the one that started this. He said, Kiss doesn't exist, not in makeup, you know, meaning we love the characters on stage, but the people behind Kiss, you don't want to know, you know, so, and he's totally right, you know. Did I send you my... Sp- my song, my Paul Stanley song. You, you, uh, I, well, I believe I've heard the whole record. So, oh, well, you haven't heard the digital deluxe bonus songs. Well, I signed up for the pre sale. So, but you have not heard the digital release. <laughs> okay. <laughs> unless I did this wrong, unless I, I did that thing wrong. I don't know. Were you able to download the record? Uh, there was a thing that was like sign up for an account. So I started to sign up for an account and then it was like, uh oh there's already somebody registered with this email address so i'm like okay so then i clicked the thing and then it brought me back to this other page and then i couldn't get back to the page where i like proved the 
like where I spent the money and so I could never fucking get the thing. So, oh, so yeah, yeah no, no, I don't have it. You won't get it. Great. <laughs> but you will eventually. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about it. I figured anyway, I know a guy. So, I have a song about Paul Stanley's autobiography. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't wait. It's called Paul Stanley autobiography. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, a couple more follow-up things, and then we can put this shit to bed. Um, oh, last week you talked about uh, <laughs> your mom jokes. And, oh, uh, they're great. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I haven't made a your mom joke in a long time or whatever. And then it dawned on me. So uh, in the 2000s, I used to do a lot of, um, used to write a lot of articles for BMX magazines. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they asked me to write a profile on a local up and coming kid here in Portland. Uh, his name is Caleb Rucker and Caleb's mom used to come to the skate park all the time <laughs> <laughs> and she was real hot. Right. You know, Caleb's like 14 or 15. I'm like 32. Right. So his mom's like 40. Right. Uh, his mom's real hot, you know? Uh, anyways, so the entire article is me talking about how I want to <laughs> hook up with his mom. <laughs> like the did entire. His dad, did his dad come kick your ass? Well, so he, uh, so the end of the article is, uh, it's literally like, um, hey, if this is Caleb's stepdad reading this, I'm just joking. <laughs> right. And then, and then, and then the next line was something like, uh, uh, Caleb's mom, if you're reading it, here's my phone number. And I put my real <laughs> phone number. Right? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. And then, uh, so I send the fucking article in. It's, uh, it was for a BMX magazine uh, based out of um, the UK. And uh, the fucking magazine comes out and they, they cut the fucking phone number out. And I, 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 I email them, like, why did you guys do that? Like, that was the funniest part. Like, and they're like, well, we didn't think you really wanted people calling your cell phone. I was like, that would have been the, so fucking hilarious. Like, uh, so yeah, they cut that out. But yeah, literally the entire story I wrote about this poor kid, like his, his like, you know, come up, you, you know, he's coming up and, he, and I just literally make it a giant, your mom joke about the poor kid. So <laughs> Except that you were serious. I, I didn't actually want to hook up with his mom. I was already in a relationship, but I thought it was hilarious. So uh, My wife yeah. made a your mom joke today. Oh, really? Christine made Yeah, it was great. Wait, to you? And, yeah, <laughs> oh, unrelated. Jesus. Like, I don't remember what it was. Right, right. But then it just turned into a series of your mom jokes, like your mama's big ass. Right, right, right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, that was a uh, pure coincidence. <laughs> That's funny. Unless she's taken up listening to the podcast. Right, yeah. Which well, maybe. I really doubt. Yeah, probably. I mean, she hears my half of it every week. <laughs> she hears the funny half of it, yeah. <laughs> she uh, hears the, like this, what's happening right now. Right, right. Yeah. Um, oh, and so I've been working with Rudy to get him some stuff. Rudy's going to help us out. Uh, we have a special episode plan for episode 100 and so i've been working with rudy a little bit trying to get him what he needs to p- pull the resources together for that and um one of the things we were talking about was pulling clips from different episodes but we couldn't remember you know like oh you said such and such but what episode did you say that on and so i met offhandedly mentioned to him i'm like yeah i always wanted to have the uh, all the episodes like somebody make a transcript of it you know listen to the episodes and type out all the shit and then that way we can search you know when did when did mike talk about 
you know, right. Paul McCartney or whatever. There are services that do that. <clears throat> right. And it's expensive, but we yeah. found, uh, there's a application called Descript. Uh, it's a monthly, you know, it's a month. They'll, they'll do, uh, you know, use AI or whatever to, uh, transcribe X amount of hours per month for a certain amount of money. Anyways, they had that a, it's actually worth it. Like what's the benefit of having that other than what we're talking the application that we're talking about right now? Well, there's not, um, there, there are a few benefits. Uh, you can find out, you can figure out what happened in what episode. Uh, also, um, you know, but if, using what search engine? Like, how do you attach that? Well, we would just we could just paste the transcript in, on the website on the Golden Shower of Hits oh. website, and then you could search or whatever. Uh, but the to me, there's there's we two. Could, is it increasing our deaf fan base? That's uh, well, that's that's one thing. Yeah, um, that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Not even joking. No, I'm not either. But the two things that are appealing to me are one, um, uh, you know, being able to search and, and find this stuff. Uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. The, the first thing is if we paste the transcript into articles, you know, episode uh, listings on the website, then we can edit Wikipedia and use those as a source, <laughs> right? Because you because ha- you can't make Wikipedia entries without uh, having a source, right? So you have to, you know, if you say Mike Squire says Bob Dylan's the worst singer of all time, you can't just type that in Wikipedia. You have to link to a source, right? A secondary source. And so this gives us all of that, right? <laughs> Which is amazing, right? It lends us legitimacy. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can make edits to Wikipedia and they're legit edits and people can't, well, they're not supposed to remove them, right? So we could edit the Anthrax and Scott Ian Webb <laughs> wiki entries, like all kinds of shit, right? So it has a lot of value to me. I, f- I now see a tremendous value in <laughs> <Right>. this plan. <laughs> tremendous uh, value. Yeah. The second thing is, I and I'm about to ruin the podcast for everyone that listens, but <laughs> fuck it, here it goes. If you haven't noticed, I have a lot of verbal crutches. I have a hard time letting there be space between words or sentences or thoughts. And so I'll use these crutch or bridge words. So I'll say, like, well, there we go. I'll say like or I'll say you know, I'll say um, like a bunch. I say it constantly, right? So I was wondering how often I said this shit. And so oh, no. I downloaded the Descript app because uh, they'll do like a, you know, there's like a free trial. They'll do X number of hours or whatever and transcribe it. I did last week's episode. So I will give you the word count for particular words. And, and of course, this is Mike and Jamie's totals. You know, this is the total of how many times this word was said throughout the episode by either of us. But a majority of these same words over and over are me <laughs> right what was the what was the word most repeated so most used uh, word it was the kings of leon episode which was like what an hour and a half long we said the word kings only 15 times <laughs> how many times did we say cock we said uh so i'll just go up the list here uh we said fuck 101 times <laughs> uh, we said the word right 136 times uh, the word um 148 times wait a minute we said fuck more than we said um uh less than we said um right uh, yeah. sorry that's what i meant yeah 
uh, we said Chalk one up for right. And here is uh, here's my crutch. Uh, we said the words you know 191 times. Wow. We said right. yeah 211 times. <laughs> and the mo the word that we said the most was the word like at 379 times. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so. <laughs> So no, I, I really do. I hate that. Oh yeah, no, I'm so bad with the crutches. They're they're so terrible. So uh, I actually made a word cloud, and I don't know if you know what a word cloud is, but it's you, the software you put a bunch of text into, and it will make bigger the the words that you say the most. And I will oh. uh, link to that in the show notes. <laughs> so, <sighs> wow, huh? I uh, did you? Uh, I sent you a copy of the word cloud. Did you see it? Oh, let's see. Oh. Wow, there it is. <laughs> How yep. do you make that? Uh, there's just a website you can go to and you paste in a bunch of text and it'll make it for you. Oh, wait a minute. So is fuck and fucking two different words? I don't see fuck. I see fucking. Uh, I think I just I did a search shit. for fuck, which would have in included the word fucking. Right. Or, yeah, fuck, fucking would include the word fuck. So hmm. going to be a lot of fucks in this episode. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Right. <laughs> uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, right? I, I like always, that. I always wondered how often I said that. Every once in a while I'll be listening to an episode and then I key in on, on my crutches and then that's all I can hear is me doing those fucking crutches and it drives me nuts. So I, I hear the same things on the occasion that I listen to my podcast. Right. And I think to myself, I need to focus on not doing that because I don't like to hear it. And if I don't yeah. like to hear it, other people don't I, probably maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they don't care. Maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't matter to them as much, but I want to, I want to remain conversational and natural. Right. But, but however, I also want, I wish to present myself in the best way that right. I'm able to. Yeah. Yeah, when the when the governor of Oregon was doing uh, COVID like daily COVID updates, you know, like live updates, um, I I snagged onto whatever her crutch was, and it was just like crazy how much she would do it. I think it was I think she did she did the um, you know, so there was no space. She would just go um, and then say whatever was next, and then say um, and then say whatever was next, and it was just like holy shit, lady, <laughs> you're the governor, you know. But right, <laughs> you know, and I don't know. Oh, that yeah. I say you know. I just fucking did it. Um, there's a lot of. I don't know that people. I don't know that people notice it. Um, unless sometimes. unless they like. Sometimes it'll like stick out, and then 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 it's super noticeable. But I think so many people do it that it's not maybe not super noticeable. I'm sure we'll get a ton of fucking feedback on that. <laughs> Everybody's saying, "God damn, Jamie." Let's see. All you do is That'd say you know like, and um, so, yeah. Oh, who cares? That's fine. You know what? Podcast is free. Yeah. <laughs> Get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is free. Uh, the other day, oh, and my last piece of follow-up is uh, on the episode, the Couchless episode with Stephen McDonald, you had talked about uh, when you met Yoko Ono, and you said that she said you were handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we all thought that was funny. And then I realized, wait, she married John Lennon. So of course she thinks Mike is handsome. 
<laughs> I mean, that's not, you know. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is that doesn't matter what she said to me. This is I mean, a backhanded compliment. That's that's how I'm hearing. This no, journey. no, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's. I would think she would tell almost every man on earth he's handsome <laughs> if she's wow. willing to marry John. Wow. Uh, oh, come on now. Not like John wow. was not. A, John was not a handsome man. So he's dead. He could I write can a say song that. though. Fuck yeah, he could. You know, he could do that pretty good. Speaking of which. Wait, what's your humble brag this week? Oh, uh... Is it the fucking software? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, did I tell you... Was it last week where I bought a frying pan? No, I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I don't remember a frying pan. Yeah, so we have a... <laughs> this is... Um, uh, we. So I have a... a, a I figured out that I have a favorite frying pan <laughs> recently. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you had to get a backup. I, I actually bought two backups. <laughs> Do you know, can I just remind you how crazy you are? Because frying pans don't break down. Oh, yeah, they you know do. That. No, no, they, they don't. No, the, frying the, pans don't it's break It's a down. nonstick pan. So at some oh, point. Oh, why are you using that shit? Some jackass will scratch my pan with a fork and then the pan's ruined. And then that's when I need the backup. Oh, you have a lot of guest chefs at your house? No, but I don't know. I, when you say Okay, let's be honest. Some dickhead you. that's going to scratch the pan is going to be me. You know, come on. Wait so. a minute. Are you using that fucking Teflon shit to it's cook? It's not Teflon, no. Don't use that shit. No, bro. I know. No, that stuff's bad news. You it's know? not Teflon though. All right. Yeah, Jennifer has approved this one, so <laughs> she Why don't actually you just get ca- cast iron. Uh, I don't know, man. I make eggs, and I don't like to. What about pan, the so. um? What about ceramic coated? You know, like the Crusade. Uh, I know little to nothing about pans other than Jennifer bought this one. Uh-huh. I really seem to like it, and then I said, "Oh, buddy, we have a different pan at the cottage." And I'm like, "This thing fucking sucks," and she's like, "Oh." Well, why don't you buy another one like the one you like at the Portland house? So that's what I did. And then I bought a spare. So, <laughs> buddy, uh, I'm going to school you. You're going to have to take this up with Jen. <laughs> no, you're going to be stoked. Also, I've latched onto this pan. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm. It's like telling no, me, yeah, like there's the, a different, there's a better cabinet than a Marshall. There's yeah. a better pickup. Yeah, uh, no, for yeah, real. Yeah. And there is. Okay. This, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to break your heart with this stuff but there there are better pans to cook with i okay. promise how about a good nonstick pot i could use one of those that works on a fucking electric stove god damn those electric stoves are the worst yeah no we, we that's what we have and oh, it's so that's bad. one thing that we we don't like about our kitchen yeah for sure electric stove not <sighs> the best no jesus christ that's gonna be the name of my next record <laughs> electric stove not the best no electric stove comma jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) i like it ah all right yeah yeah send me uh i'm I'm down for pan recommendations so yeah i I could really use a good pot recommendation so um yeah Yeah, you gotta keep an open mind with the cook cookware right so this week we ready to talk about this record fuck yeah This week, we are doing the album Abbey Road by the Beatles. Well, what did you think? you've never heard of it, um, (laughs) the Beatles were a band from Liverpool, English, England, 
and um, they had a series of popular songs and records, um, and broke up before any of the other English, you know, British invasion rock and roll bands did. But in their short life as a band, they created quite an impact. Um, uh, and uh, many people say they're the greatest band that ever was. They are the correct. End. Yes. The end. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. Um, the Beatles are not my favorite band, but listening to the Beatles has a crazy effect on me. And you would think that they would be my favorite band, but I think that the, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. And I think the most important band of all time. So I did a little research. <clears throat> the Beatles, uh, nobody's, I've never heard somebody say, I watched the Rolling Stones on Ed Sullivan and picked up a guitar the next day. Now that's right. not to say that people aren't influenced by the Stones and don't love the Stones. And that's not to say that the Stones aren't a fucking great band, but I've Didn't heard- the Beatles come here before the Stones though? So the Beatles played the first time on Ed Sullivan on February 9th, 1964. The Stones played October 25th, 1964 on the Sullivan show. Right. The, the Beatles. So that episode was seen by 73 million people. The U S population in 1964 was 194 million people. So that's 37% of every living person in the United States. And I did some more research. <laughs> I looked at the CDC's uh, population numbers for 1964 and did some math in Excel. 73 million people is every single person in the United States from the age of 10 to the age of 39. Every really? single one. Yes. Now, I mean, granted, that's, that's not how that panned out, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people watched the Sullivan show and a lot of people saw the Beatles and thought, fuck, that's what I want to do. You know, for multiple reasons, whether they wanted to play music or get girls or whatever, but. Well, yeah, seeing the effect that that music had on, on women. Right. Just like in that, on girls. Yeah. Girls, young, young ladies, <laughs> yeah, uh, surely inspired many men. Yeah, for sure. Many boys, mostly. I think men were like, I don't know. Well, pro I mean, probably some of, men too. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think my dad was into the Beatles. <laughs> right, right. I don't right. think he gave a fuck. I think he was into the Stones. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I mean, the Beatles, you know, like I said, not my favorite band, but I think literally the most important band to ever have existed and probably. you know yeah, I would, wrote I'd some unbelievably good right. songs so yeah um huh, let's, that's crazy yeah good so, work with the research and the math yeah it was, it was I, we were like 20 minutes before the show started and i'm like deep in like cdc <laughs> website <laughs> excel sheets adding up groups of uh people from the ages you know different age ranges to come up with a 73 million people and see how many of those kids people were in that group and oh yeah it was crazy so wow. try to bring a little bit of a you know of a different spin on a review <laughs> so <laughs> jeez so this was the last um 
This was the last recorded Beatles record, even though it was released before Let It Be. This was the last one that they made together. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. How did I not know that? Let It Be came out after though, right? Correct. But it was recorded a few months before this record was. Huh. Do you know why that decision was made? I don't. I think I did at one point, but I've I've since forgotten. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So listening to this album was great. Um, You know, opens with Come Together. And I hear, you know, there seems to be like a meme out there or whatever, where people make fun of Ringo for being not a great drummer. Fuck them. You're fucking wrong. (laughs) Ringo is an amazing drummer. And you really realize it uh, when you try to sit down and play come together correctly like he plays right. it on the drums you're like holy fuck this is <laughs> this is awesome Groovy. yeah uh it's yeah, a weird really drum part too oh yeah for sure i really love uh, how how like when you're listening in headphones you can really hear how loosely tuned the front head of the kick drum is too it's got that like papery kind of quality to it uh, yeah it's amazing the funny thing is is what when did this record come out uh, you would think I would have wrote that down. <laughs> Let's you, see. Uh, um, I would say 69. I mean, probably one of the greatest opening songs of all time. Yeah. In the, you know, in the list of opening tracks for records, probably one of the strongest openers of all time, mm-hmm. but also just one of the heaviest songs. And heavy, not in like fucking Slayer. Right. But heavy in just like, it's heavy music. Like jazz can be heavy, like anything can be heavy. It just has a vibe that's just like, uh, I don't know. I would argue that it's maybe one of the, it's like proto metal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's, so what I was wondering is, what is the timeline in relation to the first Sabbath album? Uh, so this came out September 26th, 1969, and the Sabbath album, right, was... I think that was 69. 69. Let's uh, do some real-time follow-up here. Black Sabbath. Ah, Black Sabbath was released... On, <laughs> this is perfect. Black Sabbath was released on Friday the 13th, 19, February 1970. So. Hmm. so it did come out after. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that they weren't being composed, you know... Right. In unison or whatever, but... Yeah. And it definitely was leaps forward in heaviness. Yeah. Interesting. This... I think that this album is their best album, is the Beatles' best album. I'm going to reserve my um, thought on that until I've sat down and listened to everyone. And I haven't Um, yet. But I can see where this would be. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there are so many more... you know, more so in the last week because I listened to the album a lot on headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here comes Mr. Big. Hold on. Come here, buddy. Come here, friend. Oh, yeah. So listening on headphones, I'm ju- I was just sort of... The idea of what great musicians they were, and not just songwriters mm-hmm. and not just the band, but musicians, yeah. was really reinforced. Yeah. Um, and you know, Paul's bass playing really shines, Yeah, yeah. really shines. And I heard things this week that I'd never paid any mind to. Right. Yeah. What a fucking 
unbelievable bassist. Yeah. It's so interesting it, how dead his strings are. Like, it sounds like he's playing round wounds, maybe? Flat. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, flat wounds, yeah. I'd guess, yeah. But, I mean, I mean it totally uh, works, you know? Was he playing the Hoffner still? What was he playing for a bass that, at this time? That I don't know, um, but I'm, I'm positive that information is on the internet. So Right. Like, I think I there's hear, entire books written about each, you know, recording. I heard a bunch of, int- I was listening to this podcast called The High Gain Podcast. Mm-hmm. And my buddy John, another John that works at Thunder Road, but in Seattle, um, does this podcast. And they feature guitars. And then they do backstory on it. And sometimes they'll have a guest. Sometimes the guest is the guitar builder. Okay. And it's interesting, but I learned a bunch of stuff about the Telecaster and that Fender was trying to give Fender, Fender was trying to give instruments and amps to the Beatles for years. Oh, and right. Then yeah. <laughs> around this time, they finally convinced them to take some shit. Right. But I think that only George got that telly, that Rosewood telly. Yeah, the Rosewood telly. But I, I think also in this record, John's playing the bass six as well. Oh. At least I think he, I know he was during the get back, uh, the, yeah, get back sessions. Right. Because I just watched a trailer for that uh, Peter, what's that guy's name? Who's O'Toole. doing No, North. No. Peter Demeter. <laughs> uh, the guy that did the Lord, Lord of the Rings stuff. He's doing a like a three-hour Beatles thing for Disney about uh, some documentary footage that was found. Fucking you know about killer. This? Yeah. No, it's, he's been working on it uh, for like 10 years or something. It's crazy. Is it called Get Back? Uh, let's see. What is that guy's name? I think it's called Get Back. Mm. Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary, Get Back. Oh, is it called Get Back? Yes. It's, uh, (laughs) let's see. Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary, Get Back to Skip Theaters and expand to a three-episode docu-series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, that's good. I have that shit. Humble brag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, I watched the trailer for that. I watched the trailer for that today, and... um, yeah, John's playing a, a Fender Bass Six. So a Bass Bass Six for people who don't know is it's like a bass guitar, which has four strings and is two octaves lower than a guitar, right? But it's uh, only one. Bass Six is six strings. They're thicker than guitar strings, and they're it's an octave lower than a guitar. So it's in between a bass guitar and a regular guitar. So yeah. Um, they also got Fender Rhodes electric piano. Oh yeah, goddamn, this shit sounds good. It sounds so good on this record. There's so many weird keep. There's uh, early synthesizer sounds on this album. Yeah, there's some Moog stuff too. I think, right? Well, those are synthesizers. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> the fuck do I know about playing keyboards, man? I know hot cross um, buns and uh, London bridges. That's it. It's uh, it's such a fucking incredible sounding record, and I don't I don't know what kind of tape machine they recorded on, but. I did read that this is the first record that they recorded where they used all solid state um, mixing desks and stuff. So mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Did they use eight track tape machines? I don't think that they had sixteens. Yeah, back I don't then. think so. Not 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 at that point. Um, I don't know. Before we, uh, you know, before we move forward, we talked a little bit about keyboards and synths and and the Fender Rhodes. Uh, I kind of want to take a side 
step into Billy Preston. Oh yeah, let's do it. So uh, Billy Preston plays a lot of uh, keyboards on this record. Um, Preston first met the Beatles in 1962 when he was 16 and playing uh, in Little Richard's touring band. <laughs> 16. <laughs> uh, wow. Brian Epstein worked it out so the Beatles could open for Little Richard. And that's how they met Billy Preston. Um, Harrison, a friend of Preston, had quit the Beatles and walked out of the studio. Uh, that night he went to a Ray Charles concert in London where Preston was playing. So Preston played for fucking Ray Charles too. Uh, Harrison brought Preston back to the studio where his key musicianship and gregarious personality temporarily calmed the tension between the band members. So Wait a Harris- minute. Yeah. George Harrison quit? Yes. Actually, all these dudes quit multiple times. Uh, Everyone in the band? Yeah. Uh, Ringo quit and bounced for like two weeks. Harrison quit. And then uh, the end of the band was actually Lennon quit the band six days before the album's release. And that was the end of it. Uh, Paul publicly declared that the band was broken up the following April. So, yeah. So they brought Billy in to play, but, you know, it's like... (laughs) It's like when you have visitors and you and your wife stop fighting in front of the visitors. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's uh, kind of the role that Billy played. Um, but Billy went on to have a couple of hits. Uh, the song Nothing From Nothing. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Gotta have something. You know that song? I don't know. Um, you care if I play a minute of it? Um, a whole minute? I'll play a few seconds of it. You'll know. I think you'll know it once you... Once you hear a few seconds. God, that's fucking filthy. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Nothing from nothing oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he had a hit with that in 1974. The song reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for the week of October 1974. Mm. And... Billy performed Nothing for Nothing on Saturday Night Live as the first musical performance ever on the show. Is that right? Yeah. And he died in 2006. <laughs> I feel like I have friends that have performed with him before. Oh, really? Whoa. Which is crazy, right? Yeah, Jesus. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So kind of dovetailing off my, uh, you know, whenever we do these record things, it's, you know, people know all kinds of shit about um Abbey Road or whatever. So I always try to highlight, you know, kind of B players uh, involved in albums. Um, And here's another one. Alan Parsons of the Alan Parsons Project was the assistant engineer on the album. And he went on later to produce uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. And then uh, did, you know, the Alan Parsons Project. And he had uh, two hits or, well, at least songs I remember from the radio. Uh, In 1980, the the songs Games People Play and uh eye in the sky in 1982 so yeah did he do any of the synthesizer stuff do you On know if he record? committed any music to this album or did he just do that behind I, the desk stuff yeah that i don't know it just says that he was the assistant engineer so probably just um, set up mics <laughs> you know can we jump into a song for a yeah. minute yeah what you got i have a love hate with um maxwell's silver hammer ah <laughs> I like, I love it, but it's, it's also annoying. Yeah. But every time he says hammer, 
Mm-hmm. It makes that little fucking doing doing sound. Yeah, he's hitting. <laughs> there's that. like a sound. There's an accompanying sound effect. It might be a vibra slap or some fucking synthesizer. Well, I sound. know. I I read today that they're um one of their roadie. They had one of their roadies hit an anvil with a hammer, <laughs> and that may be the sound that you're hearing. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Uh, that's it's, hilarious. It's funny that you bring up that song. So I have some, uh, great information on this song. Uh, all of the dudes, except for Paul hated this song. Ringo said, quote, the worst session ever was Maxwell's silver hammer. It was the worst track we ever had to record. And it went on for fucking weeks. I thought it was mad. Is <laughs> so, that right? Yeah. Uh, John said, John didn't play on the song. John said it was more of Paul. Uh, it was quote more of Paul's granny music and left the session. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are and uh, George didn't have anything nice to say about it either. So. <laughs> here, yeah, Octopus's Garden is also. I like that song. I do too. I mean, there's. N- you know, but it's also a little bit of that fucking, you know, it's kind of like a fucking soda jerk song or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, that's, whatever. And I, I think that's what John means by granny music. Yeah. Whenever Paul's playing the tack piano or whatever. It's like, right. You know, it's like, oh boy. You know, shit that all you'd hear John's in a saloon, songs, you know? So all, yeah, exactly. Saloon yeah. music. Yeah. All of John's songs are incredibly dirgy on this on this album yeah i think i'd have to go back and fucking tick them one one at a time but they're pretty distinct but who um who wrote octopus's garden i think well supposedly it's uh ringo and i think george oh let me see octopus's garden um oh uh i'll just read you the wikipedia entry here real quick um as is the case with most Beatles albums, Starr sang lead vocal on one track, Octopus's Garden. Uh, this song is his second and last solo composition released on any album by the band, and it was inspired by a trip to uh, trip abroad on Peter Sellers' yacht after Starr left the <laughs> band for two weeks with his family during sessions during the White Album. Star received full songwriting credit and composed most of the lyrics, although the song's melodic, melodic structure was partially written in the studio by Harrison. So, yeah. Huh. Uh, they were just like, well, fuck it. He sang the submarine song. Right. Give him this underwater song, too. <laughs> yeah. Ringo gets all the underwater songs. Right, right. And then he can have a little rock block uh, in years to come when he goes solo. <laughs> rock block. <laughs> he can have a little underwater rock block. Yeah. Ah, uh, Ringo. <laughs> Uh, the groove on this album is so incredibly fucking deep and good. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care what people say just because Ginger Baker was also going on at this time. Doesn't mean Ringo wasn't fucking totally making love to your ear holes. Right. Well, it's, you know, John, John said this to me in my youth, uh, before I knew much about the Beatles, but he said that. You know, when the Beatles fired Pete Best and hired Ringo Starr, they literally hired the best drummer in England. Like, you know, they were going to, they could have picked anyone and those dudes picked Ringo. So, you know, that right there should tell you that Ringo's the fucking, 
the real deal. I love that. You know what I mean? The first guy they had, his last name was Best. Right. Right. And then <laughs> I'm I really fucked up by not choosing a stage name. Yeah. Like a really good one. Yeah. Oh, Jacuzzi Suites is pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. But I mean, you know, it's a little more cerebral than right, having yeah. a name like Star or Best or yeah. fucking Champion. Like right. fucking Jack Champion. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it, it, Jack Manley, uh, this friend of mine, Harmony, who's an unbelievably good songwriter, her middle name is Star, Harmony Star, and then her last name's like Gillette or something. And she's, she, she has a, she's a nurse in the Midwest in like Ohio or something. Anyways, she must be a great friend if you don't know her last name. <laughs> well, we always called her Harmony Star, right? Right. And so she's taken a sabbatical from being a nurse to try to do something with music, which is a fucking great, great idea. Like if anybody's going to pull this off, it's going to be Harmony. Um, and, but she's putting stuff out under her full name and le- dropping the star. And I'm like, why are you not calling yourself Harmony Star? Like that seems like such a mistake, you know? Um, but I, I feel like she thinks it, it feels too much like a, stage name that's presumptuous you know what i mean like i'm gonna be a star so i'm gonna call my make my stage name harmony star you know like people would think that would be a little weak you know so yeah so that's kind of unfortunate that she's not able to use that as her stage name so right yeah but yeah ringo star his last his real last name is like starsky or something right starskovich is that what it is i have no idea (laughs) starkey starkey that's right yeah and his uh his son goes by Starkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he plays and Zach plays Starkey. for the Who. And he plays for the <laughs> Who, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I not, know not that, good. I, I know that like <laughs> drumming skills isn't genetic necessarily, but goddamn, when your kid can be the replacement for Keith Moon, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, there's some kind of talent in that family for playing drums, there's, you know? There's a, well, I think that inspiration... And, you know, uh, can you imagine growing up in the shadow of a beetle? Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably why he doesn't go by Zack Starr, you know? Right. Yeah. I I did hear an interesting story from someone recently, and I think that it was, I I think it was Ringo, but they they were, (laughs) this person was in LA, and they were waiting for... They were waiting in line for tacos or something. Yeah. It's one of them has a has an early twenties son or daughter. Okay. This might have been in the last ten or twenty years though, also. Mm-hmm. Um I heard this from my friend Ryan. He was like, I was waiting in line for tacos or fucking ice cream cone or whatever. And like there and like two people ahead of me is Ringo Star. Holy shit. <laughs> he's like there with this kid. And they're yeah. just waiting in line. And because everyone's in their 20s, nobody knows who he is. Oh, my He's God. completely really? safe and anonymous. Right. Wow. Like, that shit could not have happened even 20 years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, wow. Like, what couldn't have happened, probably. No. no. Would have been not a good not a good scene. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, that maybe in their older age, they're able to have somewhat of a normal life, you know? Can you imagine what a relief that must be? Yeah. That must feel really good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like anonymity. Right. Yeah. God, I mean, imagine being that famous for so long. That would be frustrating. Uh, I mean, 
May, I don't know if it would be frustrating. I mean, well, I you know. I don't know if I'd call like looking down on the town from my house on the hill frustrating. It might <laughs> right. be a little isolating. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's not like you can go out and pick up a trailer hooker and then not have it reported in all, all the... <laughs> Eddie Murphy. What, Eddie Murphy and uh, who else? <laughs> um, couple, oh, that actor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, English actor guy? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> actually, I don't know that she was trans or not but uh yeah why is i mean why is that always the case why is it why is that it <laughs> i don't do you know. think Maybe they're that's... plants do you think those are plants oh i don't know like perhaps that that it's a, a cop prostitute right you know yeah, i don't i don't know perhaps great now i'm gonna be googling eddie murphy <laughs> trans prostitute Bust. Yeah, no, now <laughs> for the show notes, <laughs> your poor algorithm. I'm pretty smart nowadays. I usually open things in incognito windows so they don't fuck up my <laughs> searches. So, right, yeah. Uh, the song thinking, something, huh? something in the, uh, the song something in the way is that what yeah. it's called? Frank Sinatra said it was the greatest love song ever. Uh, I pff, there's an argument to be made for that, yeah, I would say, yeah. There's, uh, there's so many goods that like that song. I even like "Oh Darling." I think "Oh Darling." I love is, "Oh Darling." "Oh Darling" is Paul's best song on this album. I think. <sighs> He's got some good ones. You know, the another one that I have a little bit of trouble with is "Golden Slumbers," and I love it, but it's it also is a little campy. It also feels a little bit like "Let It Be" with strings, like long and winding road or something you know but somehow better I, I love the way polythene pam goes into she came in through the bathroom window like it's a you know like it's a single piece of music with different passages right well the side fucking... b is supposed to be a thought of as like a medley right right and then side a is well so john john hated ball songs and he said, put all my songs on one side and put all Paul's songs on the other side. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. So, uh, wow. What a cock. Yeah. That whole side too is, uh, basically like a met is supposed to be thought of as a medley. So, huh. And I think that includes those songs that you talked about, like kind of bleeding into each other. Right. And I'm going to hold my comment on golden slumbers for a little while still. So is that one that you cry about? <laughs> you can't even talk about it i so i'm gonna need a little while to explain all of this <laughs> all right i initially i don't so again we don't have a cover finish for this record this this one this week's my week to do the cover i wanted to do a cover of golden slumbers oh, jesus christ i i couldn't get through listening to golden slumbers without crying every time really Happened four times. You so, sappy motherfucker. Uh, so, and I'm going to explain to you what I explained to Jennifer last night on the couch and cried explaining it to her. And at the end of it, she was crying as well. <laughs> so, so. Is this going to be a sad song, a sad story? No. Well, okay. I mean, so good. Golden Slumbers. Uh, carry that weight and the end is the best way ever to wrap up a band. Um, 
I, I feel like they knew that the end was coming. I mean, obviously the last song is the end and we'll, we'll take her majesty. We'll talk about that separately in a little bit. Um, but you know, just the words for golden slumbers and God, when he really starts to lean into the, the vocals, like his, his, oh, his voice vocals are fucking magic. Right. Yeah. Then he, then they, then they go into carry that weight, which is, you know, about how basically, even though it's the end of the band, they have to carry this weight for the rest of their lives that, you know, they did this. So whether it's, you know, people 30 years from now crying and freaking out coming up to him, like the rest of his life, he's saddled with what they did in the Beatles, good and bad, you know? Um, and then the end. So it's, it's like this trilogy of songs, like it makes you sad and it makes you realize the pressure that they were under. Um, and then the end is so great because Ringo finally gets a solo. You know what I mean? And I think when they recorded it, they recorded it with a uh, guitar and something else. And only in the mix phase, they pulled that stuff out because Ringo hated solos. Um, but I think they wanted to kind of push Ringo forward and have him finally have his like, you know, drumming in the spotlight, right. which is great. Then in the end, the end is the last song that all four of them played on together and recorded. Oh, is that right? Yes. And the guitar solos in the end, uh, when they were going in to record them, Yoko was going to come in and John said, you know what? Just stay in the recording booth. I'll be right back. And he went in and it was just the four of them. And they all took turns doing solos playing off of each other for the last time. And then there's the piano riff with the lyrics that basically say what you get out of life is, you know, what you take from life is what you give. You know, what you put into something is what you get out of it. And then there's a really uplifting piano part. And that's the end of the greatest band ever the most important band of all time it's the perfect way to end that band they were so important and I can't listen to it and not feel sad for my self and humanity that it's um, over um, I mean, you know, it was over before I was ever even born. Um, Why can't you just be joyful and and happy that it happened? Because what if it never <laughs> happened? Yeah, no, you're right. Or why can't you think about Chris What's-His-Face, the, the dead comedian guy, asking him about that lyric? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I can't not hear that song and not think about that SNL moment the right. chris farley interview with, <laughs> with paul it's fucking incredible incredible yeah. one of the greatest thing that's things that's ever happened on television yeah hands down mm. man you're just, really all yeah. in on that shit jamie <laughs> Try- yeah i'm pretty emo about some stuff jesus I just, christ i i you know i think about it's just so amazing to think about how many people 
this music is made happy, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, th that's the greatest thing you can do on Earth um, is make people happy. And, you know, they did it for 10 years or whatever, and, and it came to an end. Um, and, I mean, it was, you know, obviously it continues to make people happy, which is great. Uh, but just the fact that it was done, um, it makes me feel sad for humanity, you know? Um, I mean, when Paul dies, dude, I'm going to be, I, you know, I've, I've said this a million times. I hope to God I die before Paul McCartney does because I won't be able to handle it. Because uh, I, I think it'll be like such a sad day for humanity, you know? Um, but yeah, I thought I thought this was a perfect ending to the Beatles. And, you know, Her Majesty, so... It ends abruptly. Yeah, they, um, you know, Her Majesty is is, is one of song. What did what did John call it? Song, John, Paul's granny songs. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Her Majesty was going to be in the middle of that medley of of songs on on side two, uh -huh. and Paul decided to cut it. And they're one of the engineers. He, you know, they told the they're, they're like, yeah, cut it out. We're going to edit that out. And so one of their engineers, what he did was at the end of the song, the end, he put some leader tape and then tacked Her Majesty onto the end of that. And when the boys came in to listen to, uh, like the final thing before they sent it off to get, you know, made into acetates or whatever, they heard Her Majesty on the end of it and they thought it was hilarious. And so <laughs> they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Leave it on. <laughs> so, you know, that's why, why Her Majesty. Do you know why it ends abruptly? I do not. I wonder if the tape if the tape was just actually cut. Yeah, it's possible. And I mean it sounds like that. Yeah. Although uh I was listening to some some of these songs when they weren't on Abbey Road last night, uh from like, you know, an anthology or who who knows what the fuck. Yeah. Uh but but uh Her Majesty didn't did not would did not end abruptly uh on those. So Oh really? Yeah. So I feel like that was probably a conscious decision. Interesting. Yeah. So how does it end? What does it sound like? Uh, I, I I don't remember. I just remember thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> so I did, but I didn't note huh. in my brain how it actually ended. But um, Weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's one thing I love about the Beatles is like the sense of humor about themselves. You know, I don't know that. I don't know that you could be that famous and survive if you don't have, don't take yourself seriously. You know what I mean? Or at least too seriously. Oh, I don't know. I think probably a lot of famous people take themselves seriously, unfortunately. But not, they're not that famous. <laughs> I mean, literally more famous than, Be than Jesus. But, but nobody, <laughs> so. nobody was as famous as the Beatles. No. So. But, you know. I think they had to be, had to have a good sense of humor about themselves, you know, right? To be able to deal with that much fame, it's fucking insane. So, I can't imagine. No, could you know? What else? Can, um, uh, can I just say again? Yeah. What an incredible! I mean, I don't love all of his songs. I love most of his mm -hmm. songs, but Paul is an incredible fucking bass player. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> and technically, you know. An incredible singer, you know, just like emotive, but also has a lot of technical talent. Like he yeah. can really move around a melody. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, right now I'm having a hard time doing the cover because, uh, so I was going to do, he, I, you know, I even tried different tunings where I, you know, tune things down a half step and I can't, uh, sing in a, in the regular range and then sing the high parts. Even when I tune down, it's like his range is so much wider than mine. Like I can't, so I don't know. Jennifer's like, just, just do a fucking instrumental. Like you can't sing this. <laughs> so I have no idea what I'm going to do. He's yeah, no, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, we can know, try to collaborate. Sure. You want to sing? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it, but I'll try. <laughs> All right. That might be fun. What song? I am. I I I was gonna do. Uh, oh, darling. Uh, but like a oh, punk version. I mean, he does those falsetto things. I was singing. I was trying to sing along to that the other day. Yeah. Good luck. Well, not those even falsetto the falsettos are fucking gnarly. Oh yeah, no, I completely the, dismissed like, when, those because that's I, not happening. When she told me parts, those are way that's, up there. Yeah, that's. I can't. I can't get in a fucking stadium even on that. Just <laughs> like, uh, scream so on. High. I I can't even I can't I can't. You can screamo, just uh, Rollins it. So just go lower. Yeah, just, uh, you know, just don't don't sing it. Yeah, just don't sing. Uh, like I don't know. Look, I, don't know. Uh, I mean, it's a fucking danger zone to even. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're putting yourself in the danger zone just trying to sing a Beatles song. Like it's yeah. just kind of you know, nah, yeah. I'll just leave that there. Danger zone. <laughs> the danger zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I've said it before, like when, God, when him and John, when they lean into a vocal and their voice starts to break up a little bit, like they would have been amazing punk singers. <laughs> 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 they really blew it uh, by not starting a hardcore punk band, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's 2020. <laughs> pretty good band. Yeah pretty Jesus. good record yeah um i have some trivia if you want to if you're ready for that i'd love to hear it uh so the album was actually going to be called everest named after one of their engineers brand of cigarettes uh so how they ended up naming the album abbey road i've heard two different stories one from paul and then one from someone else uh paul said oh i just thought of like oh abbey road and we'll just call it abbey road uh so that's not too interesting but the other story i heard was uh so they were gonna name it everest after that brand of cigarettes and they were gonna do a thing where they flew over mount everest and like kind of took photos with them in front of the window in front of mount everest or something that and, seems pretty weird and not that cool yeah so <laughs> one of the guys in the band was like look i'm not f flying to fucking everest let's just go let's just go up front and take a photo and we'll just fucking call the album abbey road <laughs> i'll so, bet that's i'll bet it was john and i'll bet that was the true story right <laughs> i'll bet so you know and so it's so funny to think that like literally one of the most iconic photos of all time was just taken out of convenience <laughs> so yeah so many people have tried to reproduce that right they never get it right either you know well you just do your you know your right. version even uh, the Chili Peppers did a version of the cover with the socks. Oh, oh, really? Were they yeah. actually on Abbey Road? Do you know? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, probably not, but maybe. Yeah. 
I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Abbey Road EP. That's the it. Well, <laughs> a bunch of fucking dinglings. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. See, I mean, I guess a lot can change. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, but fuck. What do I know? You know. Uh, it's this is the only UK Beatles album sleeve to neither show the artist name or the title on the cover. Uh, despite EMI claiming the record would not sell without this information. <laughs> so, so wow. um, yeah, the guy that designed the cover designed it without the name and EMI was not psyched and they thought it wouldn't sell. <laughs> because they wouldn't know. Like, yeah, people wouldn't know. Oh, this, who is this? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. I want to see. It doesn't say anything about the album cover. Oh, wait. The title and cover was a tribute to the Beatles' famous album, Abbey Road. Oh, really? It's called the Abbey Road EP. <laughs> like the Beatles, the cover depicts the four band members walking across a zebra crossing in single file. Not not them. Yeah. Not not the same deal. Okay. Not the same place. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, a- Abbey, Road st- uh, Abbey Road Studios. So... Everybody calls it Abbey Road, and uh, but at the time when they did this recording, it was actually EMI Recording Studios. It was not called Abbey Road. Um, it's on Abbey Road, obviously, and was established in November of 1931 by the Gramophone con- Company. Uh, in the 1970s, the studio was renamed from EMI in honor, uh, renamed from EMI in honor of the group's 1969 album Abbey Road. Uh, in two, in 2009, Abbey Road came under threat of sale to property developers in wow. response the government protected the site, granting it English heritage grade two listed status in 2010, thereby preserving the building from any major alterations. And in February of 2010, Paul speaking to BBC Newsnight said that there had been efforts to save Abbey Road by, quote, a few people who have been associated with the studio for a long time, unquote. Although he did not name them or include himself among them, he said, quote, I have many many memories there with the Beatles, McCartney said. It's still a great studio, so it would be lovely for someone to get uh, a thing together to save it. So it's Hmm. unknown if Paul owns a stake in Abbey Road, was my takeaway from this. Right. And the last thing I have is in the 90s, John and his wife, Amy, uh, went to Abbey Road. Is that right? Was, yep. And was kind enough to write uh, my name and their names on the outside of it and take a picture of it and give it to me. So, Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time. So, Wow. Yeah. Apparently, people write on the uh, brickwork out or the walls out front and they have to paint over it every two weeks. <laughs> So. <laughs> so my name's been painted over god damn it <laughs> that's all right can you imagine the annoyance yeah right <clears throat> well, that's I, lo- like that I love Wallens. this record yeah i think this along with rubber soul yeah probably my two favorites yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to us doing rubber soul at some point uh, i would assume it's on the list right I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. Um, I do have an idea of the grade I'd like to give this. Yeah. Yeah, A+. Doesn't even matter to me. 
that's got some hokey fucking granny songs on it. It's in fucking A plus, man. Not all the Beatles albums are an A plus. They just aren't. Right. This is an A plus. It's a fucking dynamite record. It sounds heavy. Uh the playing <laughs> is unbelievable. And it's the fucking Beatles. Jesus Christ. A plus. Yeah, I'm on the fence between an A and an A plus. <laughs> just because <laughs> Some of Paul's granny songs are really, uh, Jesus. They're, I mean, they're tough to deal with. Some of them, yeah, they're fucking tough, man. You know what? I, I, I think the good songs on this record make up for that shit. So yeah, A plus. I think so too. Yeah, there you go. That's the right yeah. choice. I there think that's. <laughs> I think that's the right choice, man. Um, you know, you can, you know, sometimes. Sometimes the world's greatest rock and roll band puts on granny panties, and that's fine. <laughs> like, don't kink, don't kink shame them, you know? <laughs> it's not cool, bro. Yeah. Not cool. A uh, <sighs> couple of A-pluses. Not yeah, bad. They, these guys are up and comers. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, what do we got next week? You tell me. Uh, I think this, I feel like this upcoming album has been picked before. And somehow got bumped off the list. I and I'm not sure how. What is it? But uh, the album is "Truth" by Jeff Beck. Nah, it was never picked and bumped. Wasn't? Nah, okay. guaranteed. Hmm. Guaranteed. Because I feel like we talked about it on on the Zeppelin one episode, and then we did. And then it came up in the list, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Because uh, I remember you talking this album up, and um, one of and, my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know little to nothing about Jeff Beck other than uh, he was in the Yardbirds and I like Train, Keep the Ro- Train Kept It Rolling. I like that song. And uh, he's on the cover of fucking Guitar World all the time with his sleeves cut off or whatever. So, <laughs> And I think he plays a telly or something. So. He plays strats now. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. That's too but bad. But he's been associated with a number of different guitars. Yeah. My favorite is the telly. I think, um, oh, I played a less, a Jeff Beck, Les Paul, which was like an ox blood, like a yeah. really dark ox blood. Was I it really cool? liked that guitar. Yeah, it was really nice, but it was yeah, really he, expensive. He played one of those in the 70s. Yeah. Um, during his like fusion phase. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I think be, that you're um, going to like this record. It's um, essentially, I mean, Rod Stewart sings on it. Ron Wood plays bass. It's fucking, it's pretty good. <laughs> It's pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I uh I remember you talking about it a lot during Zepp or Zeppelin one episode. And so it you know, if it's if it's in the same ballpark as that, boy, it's got a lot to live up to. So we'll see. We'll see. It doesn't drive as hard. It's not there there aren't as many up tempo songs. It's a groovier and like moodier kind of thing. And you can and there's well, we'll get into it next week. All right. I hope yeah, you. I, I hope you enjoy it. But if you don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I'm gonna make a prediction that I don't cry talking about that record next week. <laughs> you know what? I'll put ten bucks on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Ten bucks. All ah, right. Fuck. Fucking Beatles. <laughs> a plus. Good work, Beatles. Yeah, a plus. Good job, guys. Good work, Beatles. You made <laughs> made my friend cry. If I see you, I'm gonna fucking punch you in the nose. <laughs> All right, buddy. Oh, man. All right, dude. Well, hey, guess what? You're great. Ah, you fucker. (laughs) 
You're great, Mike. Uh, huh? It's good talking to you. You're man. great. <laughs> You're great. Hi, um, dude. Have a great uh, evening. Yeah, send me, uh, send, me, uh, send me that pan recommendation oh, and yeah, uh, the digital record if you can. Okay. Number fine. two record. Fine. Awesome. All right, buddy. All right, man. Talk Good to you night. later. Bye. Go to the